Well, hello, and welcome to A Photographic Life. Uh, this week, I'd like to address, as of starting the new year, um, a lot of people are thinking about where they are with photography, perhaps as a career. And um, I thought I'd just kind of spend some time this week just kind of going over that um, as a response to the time of the year, but also as a response to a report that I read recently. Um, I came to photography very much, as I've spoken about in previous podcasts, from the idea of professional photography, commissioned photography, that idea of earning a living from photography um, by being rung up, contacted by a client who wants you to shoot for them. Um, I don't really like the term commercial because I, I feel that it slightly uh, denigrates that idea of commissioned photography, but also is inaccurate because it could just as easily be applied to photography that is sold, that is created from a non-commissioned basis. Anyway, so professional photography, and I, I started to use this term kind of, I suppose, out loud roughly 10 years ago when I was editing photography magazines and I started to be questioned on exactly what I meant by professional photography. Um, I think that um, it was being perceived by some as being a slightly elitist uh, terminology. I think one of the problems with this whole area of talking about photography is semantics, is that preconceived understanding of words. So I'm, I'm going to come to this from a very open uh, perspective and hopefully um, it'll become clear where I stand on this. So having been challenged concerning this, the use of this phrase, I broke it down. I broke professional photography down for myself to try and kind of explain where I was coming to from that. And what I broke it down in, into were three separate sections, the first of which was domestic professional and that is somebody who works um, perhaps for a wedding photography perhaps uh, local events local portrait that idea that quite often if not all the time you are working for people whose um, primary function is not to commission photography and the chances are you're working for somebody that you'll work for once I then thought about commissioned professional photography as being the second strand, which you're working for uh, clients whose role it is to commission photography, and hopefully you will um, create a client base, and that client base um, will continue over a number of years, and you'll repeat to be commissioned. The third area was an extension of the commissioned photographer, which is that idea that you get to a point of which you're then starting to be contacted by more and more clients and your salary, therefore, or your income increases and your, your day rate and your fee can increase as the quality of your, your client um, improves. That's basically where I was with it. Recently, I've started to kind of reconsider this because increasingly... Um, people are finding it very difficult to work full-time as photographers. And I've seen a few comments being made about, is it okay to have a job as well as work as a photographer? A few years ago, I um, ventured forth into a, a debate and caused much upset, which some of you listening may um, remember. And actually, I, I wrote about this this. Um, episode in um, my first book. Um, I put forward the idea that if your photography wasn't your profession, therefore it was a hobby. And that was a good thing. And that um, 
I had no issue with the word hobby because many of the hobbyists outside of photography in all areas are the most passionate, the most dedicated. Um, they spend the most money. Um, they, they're absolutely in love with the thing that they do. It is their hobby, their passion. And I, I put it forward in that term, in that way. Unfortunately, it was perceived to be an insult to people. And, and it really wasn't meant as such. But I think to, to my mind, what it actually said was it, was it was more of a comment on the people who felt it was an insult because they had a preconceived idea as to what the word hobby meant. They weren't open to the idea of the word hobby being much broader. Where we are now, I think a lot more photographers will be seeing their practice as that extension of what they're doing. This works really well in the idea of personal work. Um, of course, there is no issue with um, having a job which finances your personal work, your personal projects, and it makes sense. There can be no stigma attached to that, and there should be no stigma attached to that. The only issue it presents is that from a commissioned perspective, you have to be available to take on commissions. And therefore, if you have a full-time or part-time job, that may actually cause you problems with getting commissioned. So there we are. We're stuck between a rock and a hard place. Taking on a salaried position to fund the personal work, to create um, a body of work, which you may wish to then show to clients, to galleries, to wherever it may be, um, with the, the resulting issue that actually the salaried role then becomes a barrier to actually taking on that commission. And yet there's nothing worse than sitting around waiting for the phone to ring. So you need to be creating work just for the the, the quality of the work you're creating, but also for, you, for your good mental health, for your mental well-being. It's a tricky situation. And I'm not really sure that I have an answer for it. I can always remember talking to photographers about that idea of improving their client base and at what point you start to say no to the lower uh, paying client or perhaps the client that isn't allowing you to create as strong work as you wish to do um, and moving up and, and actually saying no to work. That was 15, 20 years ago. I think I would find it a lot harder now to say to, to a photographer to turn down a commission. I don't think many people are in that, that place with their photographic practice. So where does that leave us? Well, I suppose really where it leaves us is in the same place, that it's very difficult to actually make a living today as a photographer. Um, however, it isn't impossible, and it's certainly possible, to create a body of work. I'd like to be kind of positive about this, and I think that's perhaps the way to go. Just before Christmas, I read uh, a new research report entitled um, The State of News Photography 2018, which was published by uh, World Press Photo in Amsterdam. Um, I've got it actually up on the screen in front of me because I don't want to get any of these facts wrong. So apologies if it sounds as if I'm reading this out, but that's what I'm doing. Um, it says among the, uh, this is an article that was published by one of the people who put the report together on a Medium platform under Witness. 
of the World Press Photo Journal. And um, it says among the standout results, we found a significant decline in the number of photographers working full time in photography from 74% of respondents in the first survey in 2015 to 59% in 2018. The report is based on four years of surveys with photographers entering the World Press Photo Foundation's annual photo contest. And the data has been analysed by a team at the University of Stirling in Scotland. Uh, over the four years of research, more than 5,000 photographers from over 100 countries and territories uh, participated in the surveys that formed the basis of our study. Uh, we found that more Photographers are working as stringers and a greater proportion, close to 40%, admit their financial circumstances are difficult or very difficult. In an age where nearly everybody uh, has a camera in their smartphones, in which copyright is often not respected and which traditional media organisations have been struggling to survive, it seems photographers are finding it increasingly difficult to make a living. It reminds me of that incredibly black joke, um, what's the difference between a 12-inch deep pan pizza and a photographer? Well, a pizza can feed a family of four. I don't want to be on a downer at the beginning of January, at the beginning of the year, but sometimes, maybe if you're finding it difficult, it's good to hear that um, other people are also finding it difficult so that you don't feel too alone in that um, situation, you know. And so I suppose where I kind of am with that is um, that, yeah, do whatever it takes uh, to give yourself a living. Don't feel bad that um, you can have a professional ph photographic practice and you can have uh, a full-time uh, role. But maybe look at it as a strategic plan. Maybe try and set some targets with this as to when you would aim to try and get a body of work together. And as I've, again, I've said in previous um, podcasts, make sure that your, re your expectations are realistic and ensure that there is a sense that that work you're creating, you understand what the potential audience is for that work. Um, I often talk about it with my students about working smart. And I think this is a really um, key area. That Just to finish off on this, the article also goes on to say that the picture is not all bleak, however. Despite all the challenges and difficulties, re research shows that photographers continue to enjoy their work with the overwhelming majority of over 62% either happy or very happy and feeling valued and creative. That seems to me to be a good place to stop. When I say stop, I obviously I don't mean stop taking pictures. I just mean stop going on about that subject. Anyway, um, this week uh, I decided to um, dip back into my archive of um, recorded interviews and conversations with photographers. Um, one of the kind of interesting things, I suppose, from being involved in photography for a very long time, and I have been involved in it for 33 years now, is that you tend to kind of build up a knowledge of where things start, the backstory to a photographer's career, or how a photographer starts out. And um, I think that passing on that knowledge, and also that awareness that 
you know, you can look at a body of work and think, wow, I'd love to be able to shoot that. I'd love to do what that person is doing. And maybe feel a little bit kind of intimidated by that. So it's always good to know that actually we all start off at the same place. We all start off um, not knowing anybody, uh, maybe uh, untrained, untutored. Not everybody goes to photo school or university or whatever it may be. Um, so I, I just find it kind of inspiring to hear those stories, and I hope you do too. So this week, um, I dipped back into a conversation that I had with the photographer uh, Christopher Anderson, and um, I hope you enjoy it. My, my roots are, are very you know, firmly planted in, in a documentary tradition, um, uh, and um, that's kind of, I, I came to photography sort of by accident. I didn't really know, I didn't study to become a photographer, I didn't make a decision that I was going to be a documentary photographer or an art photographer or a journalist or any of these things, but I didn't really understand there was a profession of photography when I first started. Um, and I didn't, certainly didn't understand the differences between all of these things, so I just began photographing kind of the first thing that I encountered, uh, which the first photography that I encountered was documentary photography. Um, and, uh, and it was, you know, in the early days was, was a, a ticket, it was my ticket to, to escape from, from small town Texas and, um, uh, you know, conservative, religious small town environment I'd grown up in and um, uh, and even then you know kind of one thing led to another the next thing I knew I was photographing in war zones and and this this term war photographer was applied to me and it wasn't uh, it was never conscious and it was never a decision I made and it was actually kind of very odd to me and I woke up one morning and thought hmm Someone says that I'm a war photographer. Does that mean I'm a war photographer? And um, uh, I, I came to those to those things I was photographing really kind of by accident or in a very organic way. It was not a uh, was not a choice in that sense. And um, and in, if you know, and now there's been a much there's been a progression in my work in terms of subject, in terms of styles. And, um, and even that has not been, uh, oh, now I'm going to go become a fashion photographer, or oh, now I'm going to become a commercial photographer, or now I'm going to become an art photographer. I photograph my world and what's interesting to me, and kind of I photograph where my path sort of takes me. When I say that I work very hard at these things, I, I wasn't driven by ambition. I was certainly driven, my fuel was curiosity. And at the time, in the case of the Haiti story, I had been actually traveling to Haiti for many years. Um, and it was, Haiti was actually kind of my, at the age of 16 years old, my first exposure to, to the third world. And, and uh, you know, I grew up in this religious environment, so my, my first exposure to Haiti was sort of, uh, you know, through this, this through the eyes of, uh, of, of missionaries, so to speak. Um, and uh, but after that, I made it was a place that became kind of uh, very much a part of my world because I returned there quite often and, and photographed, even as a photographer, and photographed other things there. And I actually had worked at one point when I was 18 years old. Um, I spent a summer working for a relief agency in Haiti, 
And um, so I, I already had this connection to the place. And this, the story of people taking boats and trying to reach a better life was not something that I just thought, oh, that would make a nice set of pictures. It was a subject that had been uh, a part of my curiosity for many years. What I wanted, what I was interested in doing is photographing in a way that was, uh, or doing stories in a way that, that I could, as closely as possible, uh, experience or try to capture the experience of what I witness in, a, in an image. I was trying to learn how to be a photographer and make pictures and discover what, what making pictures meant. But I wanted something on the pictures that was more than just, uh, that kind of meant something more than, than nice light, nice composition, nice moment. I wanted, I wanted to communicate something about the experience that I had. My archive um, recordings were never meant for podcasts, so I apologise for any extraneous noises. Um, and I hope they didn't ruin your enjoyment of what Christopher had to say there. But um, inspiring words, I'm, I'm sure you'll agree, as we try to bring you on this podcast uh, each week. Um, I hope it wasn't too much of a downer at the beginning of this podcast, but I, I also hope that um, maybe it's a, a little, uh, I don't know, helping you to see photography as a community, um, which is what we're always trying to do here. Um, you're not alone. Um, lots of other people are going through similar kind of discussions and debates with themselves and suffering similar issues. Um, just really good to, I think, get them out there and share and um, hopefully make um, things feel okay that you don't have to achieve uh, an outcome. This, this kind of glossy, successful life um, is not necessarily as glossy or successful uh, internally as it seems externally. Anyway, I don't want to whitter on any more about that. It's cold today in the shed. Uh, I can see my breath before it hits the microphone and there's a lot of ice at the windows. Um, that's pretty much it for um, this week's podcast. As always, if you're listening on iTunes, uh, iTunes then please um, put us up a review or a rating. That really helps us get the message out. Um, as far as uh, work, I'm sort of things I'm working on at the moment. Um, a lot of research going on on my next film project. I always love the research part of a project almost as much as I do of the the creation of the project itself. Maybe that's something we'll talk about on a future podcast. Um, lots of things happening this coming year. As I said in the. Um, review of the year there's a big Don McCullen exhibition and I also forgot to mention that there's a Diane Arbus exhibition also um, coming up at the uh, Haywood Gallery in London something else I'll be looking forward to seeing um, as I said that's pretty much it for this week I hope you've enjoyed this week's podcast do let me know if you do you can follow us on Twitter at UN of Photo uh, you can also follow us on Instagram at UN of Photo and of course um, you can uh, follow uh, my writing and everything else about the United Nations of Photography at unitednationsofphotography.com. Uh, if you are listening 
to this podcast on any other platform other than via the website, then you can visit the website and I'll put a hot link there so that you can read the rest of that um, report that World Press Photo published. I think it was in December of 2018, um, if you want some more information on that. Anyway, that's it for this week. It's time to get a, a warm drink and to um, defrost myself. Um, as always, take care.